The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Square Dance. It is 9.50 p.m. Saturday night, October 14th, 1949. There is a square dance in progress at the fun spot, a barn-like dance hall on the outskirts of Bankerville in West Texas. Mrs. Mort Rogers, a rancher's wife, is seated in a corner, waiting for her husband to return with some soda pop. She looks up as a stranger approaches. Well, looks like I found me a pretty old wallflower. How come you ain't dancing, man? Reckon I'm a little out of breath from the last one. My husband went to fetch me some soda pop. Good. While he's fetching it, you and me can dance. Not a couple needing that square over there. Come on. No, uh, no, thank you. But I, I, I'd rather wait for him. Oh, you're just going to waste sitting there. Come on. Oh, please, I, I'd rather not. No, I ain't the kind of a man who takes no for an answer, especially from a pretty gal. I told you I don't want to dance with you. It's on my arm, please. Oh, what's going on here? What's the matter, Harry? Oh, Mark. I, I was waiting for you. And... and I just happened by and asked her for a dance, that's all. And left finger marks all over her arm. Looks like you asked pretty rough. Ain't no harm done. You gonna get hard about it? Take these pop bottles, Harry. What not I said take them. Now, you want to repeat that question? Uh, place is probably full of friends of yours. I don't know anybody around here. I, I just happen in. Why don't you just happen out? Oh, you get in trouble. Go ahead, beat it. All right. Maybe I'll meet you alone sometime. Any time you want to try. Oh, please. Let him go. I'm all right. Well, it seems to be somebody like that. Wandering in where people haven't found him. Forget about him. He went out. Drink your pot. Look at you, honey. You're shaking. Not from here. There's a little chili in here now, that's all. Where's that little jacket you brought? I left it out in the car. I'll go fetch it for you. Ain't that cold, Mort? Oh, no, no. Just turn them blue or something. <laughs> all right. Would you mind getting it for me? Oh, I said I would, didn't I? Any more strangers ask you to dance, hit them with that pop bottle. <laughs> I'll be all right. Jack is bad feet. All right, I'll find him. Who's here? Well, it's you, huh? What you doing hanging around these cars? Thought I told you to get lost. Better watch your tongue. You ain't surrounded by friends now. 
Yeah, I figured you'd follow me out. I didn't follow you out. I come out to get my wife's jacket. And as for friends, mister, I don't need any to hand the likes of you. I want you to get while the getting's good. Too bad your wife didn't come out to get her own jacket. Yeah, she's kind of cute. Shut up. Right yeah, now. Yeah, but would have asked her to dance if she hadn't given me the eye. Right you? Uh, come on, get up. Get up and fight. Or get up and run. I'll fight. Or we'll fight my way with this kid. I might have known someone like you to carry a knife. You're going to know it. Just once more for good measure. Guess your wife ain't going to be so particular who she dances with from now on. Rogers failed to return to the dance. His wife came out to look for him. Her screams as she found the body brought dancers streaming from the hall. Somebody summoned the sheriff, and he in turn called for the help of a Texas ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned. He arrived at the parking lot outside the fun spot shortly after midnight. Howdy, Sheriff. Well, howdy, Jace. I'm glad you were close by. Here's the body. Radio was buzzing with calls as I drove in. KTXA's ordering roadblocks set up on every highway near here for 100 miles. Yeah, I know. I phoned in a description of a stranger who was at the dance tonight. Yeah, I heard it. Let's hope they can pick him up. Well, they'd have got him sure if I'd had the description earlier, but it took almost an hour to get Miss Rogers so she could talk. Is she the dead man's wife? Yeah. Saw the whole thing then, huh? No. No, she was inside when it happened. Come out and found the body. Well, then why the pickup for the stranger in particular? Rogers have trouble with him? Just words. Nothing anybody saw. It tried to force Ms. Rogers to dance with him, the way she tells it. Rogers come along, saw what was going on, and ordered the fella out. Whole thing happened less than two hours ago. Until it can't be too far away, then. Yeah, far enough. Yeah, but if the roadblocks don't pick him up, we'll know he's either living or hiding within a two-hour ride from here. Could be a hundred yards away or a hundred miles away. Hmm. Even then, he might not be the one. Over 60 couple at the dance tonight. Any one of them could have stepped outside... I haven't let a car pull out since I got here. Good. You shake everybody down? Yeah, didn't find anything on anybody, though. Deputy has two knives and a gun that were ditched under benches when he started searching. Knives clean? As far as I could tell. We'll send them through to Austin, make sure. If there's any blood left on one of them, the lab will find it. Yeah. We're not going to have to wait for that, though. Not if the killer's still around. Why? This wound on Roger's throat cut the juggler. See how the blood spurted out. Killer couldn't miss getting some of that blood on his clothes. You check for that on the shakedown? Well, just their hands, Chief. Well, you better line them up again inside. Blood's had time to dry. Killer may have had a chance to try and wash it out, but we'll have to check every suspicious-looking stain. Well, I got the names and addresses of everybody in the place. Good. You can use that as a checklist. Make sure nobody's taken a run out since you got here. Deputy's been stationed all around. All doors have been locked, except this one leading out to the parking lot. I had to let folks out here because... Some of them have got babies sleeping in their cars. Yeah, I understand. Well, let's get them in. Right. All right, inside again, folks. Everybody inside. Joe, Charlie Higgins, don't let any stragglers hang back. Keep them moving. 
Well, you better send one of your deputies into town, dig up some clothes from the jail or someplace, and find any suspicious stains. A few of these people mightn't have anything to wear home. The sheriff's list checked out 100%. Nobody'd run. A couple of cop folks had stains on their shirts and jeans. We took their clothes and sent them through to Austin for analysis. Next morning, I got my report. A long-distance call from my chief, Captain Stinson. Austin Lab just finished with the stuff you sent through, Jace. Both the knives were clean. I see. How about the clothing, Captain? Well, there was human blood in one of the shirts. A small stain. According to your report, the cowpoke you got it from said he'd cut himself and got a little blood on it. Lab says the blood stain is type O. Type O, huh? That's right. Well, he's not our boy, then. Medical examiner did an autopsy on Rogers during the night. Rogers' blood was A.B. Everything keeps pointing to the stranger who got away. Do you think Mrs. Rogers gave a good description? I think so. She gave me the same rundown she gave the sheriff. Claims she'll never forget what he looked like. Do you think she'd recognize a photo of him if she saw it? I'm sure she would. Good. The boys at Austin are going through the gallery pulling shots of all known criminals who fit that description. Especially the ones who are too free with a knife. I'll bring the photos down myself. Let Mrs. Rogers go over them. While I'm waiting, I think I'll have a look through the ranch area around here. All we know about the man we're after is that he got away. We don't know whether he was in a car or on foot or mounted. A few cowpokes did come into the dance on horses. I see. Fellow we're looking for might be a new hand just drifted into the territory. I got charcoal in my horse trailer. Sheriff's getting his mount. It'll keep us busy until you get here, unless you have another idea. No, Jace, you go ahead. I'll see you tonight. Right. Bye, Captain. Bye, Jace. Ready, Sheriff? If you are, my mount's all saddled. Now get charcoal out of the trailer. Let's go. We rode from ranch to ranch, taking shortcuts through the gullies and arroyos, working through the good grazing as well as the badlands, riding close to get a good look at cowpokes working the range wherever we spotted them. We're on Blue Baker's land now. Be able to see the ranch house when we reach the end of these trees. How many hands he got on the place? Three. They've been around for quite a spell. Unless he took on a new one. Brubaker. That seems to me his name was on the list of folks who were at the dance. Yeah, he was there with his wife. Well, then he was asked if he'd noticed the stranger. Asked everybody that. If anybody by that description was working for him, he'd spoke up. Well, I thought we might talk to his hands. Even if they weren't at the dance, they might have noticed a stranger around someplace. Possible. Worth a try. Yeah. Hey, there's Brubaker now, climbing into his tractor. There with the tool shed. Hey, Brubaker! He sees us. Howdy, Sheriff. Oh, boy. Oh, Yeah. Howdy. Howdy. Glad to see you, Sheriff. Matter of fact, I've been thinking of filming you. You got some information on the Rogers case? Well, no. It's something I guess I shouldn't even be bothering you with right now. Just wanted to put in a little complaint. What kind of complaint, Brubaker? Well, see, just before the dance last night, the missus and me did some shopping in town. Matter of fact, going to the dance was an afterthought. Just decided to drop in when we was driving home and pass the fun spot. Mm -hmm. Well, see, like I said, I hate to bother you about it, but a couple of things were stolen out of my pickup. While we was at the dance. New bridle I'd bought in town and a new pair of wire clippers. Are you sure those things were taken while you were at the dance? Well, they couldn't have been taken anyplace else. They were the last things we bought 
before we went to the dance. Put him on the shelf behind the cab seat. Could be something to this, Jake. Yeah, sure could. Anybody stealing things from a car wouldn't be doing it while you and your deputies were all over the place. And we were there until after everybody had cleared out. Mm. Stuff must have been taken out of Brubaker's pickup before Rogers was killed. Say, as a matter of fact, Rogers might have surprised somebody going through the cars. I wouldn't rule out the stranger we're looking for. He left the dance hall before Rogers went outside. Bridle and wire clippers wouldn't be easy to trace. I wonder if he might have taken something else. Well, I haven't had any other complaints. People don't always complain. Thanks, Brubaker. Come on, Sheriff. Let's get back to town. Sure. So long. So long. Get up, Charlie. Come on. Now, let's go. You planning to check over that dance list again? We'll call every name on it. See if anything else was taken from that parking lot. Up, Charlie. Come on, boy. Let's go. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Chase Pearson. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Tonight, over most of these NBC stations, Theater Guild on the Air will feature Raymond Massey and Shirley Booth in Ethan Frome. Mr. Massey also starred in the play's original production in 1936, while Miss Booth is well known for her dramatic performances on radio and the Broadway stage. Remember to hear them on the Theater Guild on the Air presentation of Ethan Frome tonight. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and tonight's case, Square Dance, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. The sheriff and his deputies started a phone check of people who'd been at the dance, asking them to list missing articles. Meanwhile, Captain Stinson drove in with the gallery shots of possible suspects. We took them over to the funeral home to see if Mrs. Rogers could identify the stranger who'd quarreled with her husband. Captain showed them to her, one by one. Uh, how about this one, Mrs. Rogers? No. Well, this is the last one. No. That's not him either. Hey, yes, that does it, Jace. The man we're after isn't a known criminal. Not in this state, anyhow. Can I... Can I go back to my husband now? I, I want to be near him until they have... Sure, ma'am. Go ahead. We, we wasn't even married a year. This month, we'd have had our first anniversary. I might as well get back to the sheriff's office, Captain. Yeah. A young bride like that. A nice future the killer left her. We gotta get him. I'll stay on until hey, I... Hey, Captain! Well, there's the sheriff now. Looks like we've hit something on that phone check, Jace. Deputy just got a call from Perny Richards. Not the old man, but Perny Jr. Something missing from his car? Yeah. Ladies, Hamilton wristwatch. Perny bought it for his gal's birthday. Left it in the glove compartment of the car. Was fixing to surprise her with it today. Hey, that's going to help, Jace. Plenty. New purchase like that, the jeweler will have a record of the serial number on the watch. Killer might try to sell it or pawn it someplace. He might just give it to some gal. I don't think so. Man we're after doesn't sound like he'd have a gal of his own. Come on. Let's get a rundown on that watch. We 
got the serial number and put out a bulletin to jewelers and pawn shops, all the logical places where a man might dispose of a watch. Because it was Sunday, we had a break. The bulletins would be on file before the killer had a chance to unload. Meanwhile, Captain Stinson was in phone contact with Austin, digging up another angle. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Well, thanks. No, not necessarily. Might mean anything, but it can't hurt us. I'll call you later if I need anything else. Right. Goodbye. I have anything? A little. I asked them to check open files, unsolved cases of petty theft, especially things taken from cars in dance hall parking lots. Must be plenty of cases like that. The same man wouldn't be responsible for all of them. No, but a couple of cases follow a pattern, Jase. I've written them down. Now, look here. Portable radio stolen from a car a week before last outside of Elderton. Roadhouse there was having a square dance. And here's a constable's report. Same night, same place. Man answering the description of our stranger got in a beef. He pulled a knife on a fella. Didn't get a chance to use it, though. And ran before the law could get there. Hey, that's good. Now, here's another one. Also a square dance. South of here at Pa's Crossing. Happened a month ago. Manager at the dance hall ordered some fella out for bothering a woman. Again, the same description. Fella went outside and threw a rock through a window and got away. Cops had been looted. That's our boy, all right. Yeah, but we still don't know who he is. Uh, something we do know, though. Look at this county map. He's been here in Bankerville, west of here in Elderton, and south of here at Parr's Crossing, all within a month. Yeah, that's right. Means he must be living in this area or hanging around at some place. And draw a circle around the three spots he's been seen at gives us a radius of about 40 miles in any direction. And that fits, because he wasn't picked up in the roadblocks. I don't know, Jase. He's been a stranger in all three places. And they're the only towns around here. Most of the area in the middle of your circle is hill country and badlands. And not many ranches he might be working on. No, but there's a lot of prospecting going on in those badlands, Captain. Big new kick. Not gold or silver anymore. Uranium. Hmm. Say, not many people would see a prospector. Not unless he had a habit of wandering into some town on a Saturday night with a yen for square dancing. All right, Jase, I'll buy it. What's your move? Thought the sheriff and I might do a little prospecting, too. <laughs> Uranium? No. A man with a knife. <laughs> Sheriff put in with me. Next morning, we loaded his horse into my trailer with charcoal and headed into the Badlands. The old settlement's up ahead. We can leave the car at Red Miller's store. I thought the settlement was deserted. Well, it was for a few years, but Miller opened up again because of this prospecting thing. Reckon they give him enough trade to keep going. It's either they buy from him or take a car trip every time they have to lay in supplies. I never thought of that. Miller may have seen our man. Possible. Coming into the settlement now. Ghost town. Where's the store? Long Doby building just ahead. A lot of cars parked under a shed just behind it. I, I see it. Boy, I hope he's got some soft drinks and a way of keeping them cold. This sun's a scorcher. Well, we'll be able to wet your whistle in a minute. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. Hardly think Miller could make a living here. Well, there's just him and his old lady. I reckon they don't need much to get by. Looks like we'll be his only customers. Hello? Anybody here? 
Sheriff Gooner. Howdy. Howdy, Miss Miller. Uh, this here is Ranger Jace Pearson. Howdy, Hello, ma'am. Uh, where's uh, Reb, Miss Miller? Oh, now he's just plain gonna die because he missed you, Sheriff. But he drove up to Ellerton to see the doc. She's back again. Oh, that's too bad. But he'll be back for supper if you can stay. We might have to. Depends on whether or not you can help us. Somebody here can help us, all right. What is it, Jace? Take a look in this showcase. Well, I'll be. I'd called his attention to something that stood out like a sore thumb. The store was run down, its shelves barely stocked with necessities. But there before our eyes, in a dirty showcase with cracks running through the glass, was a brand new Hamilton wristwatch. Reb is stocking some mighty fancy merchandise, ain't he, Ms. Miller? Oh, you mean that watch? Do you want to buy it? All we want to know is where you got it. Well, Reb took it in trade from a fellow who run a bill here. What's his name? Why, Carp's his last name. Don't know his first one. That, uh, that watch ain't stolen, is it? We can tell you that in a minute. Get it out of the case, Sheriff. Right. You remember the serial number? Yeah, I got it written down in my book. Pry the back cover off. Yeah, fingernails won't do it. I'll have to find something. When did this carp bring the watch in, ma'am? Well, yesterday, Sunday. Reb's always trusting people, you know. Carp owed him more than twenty dollars. Instead of cash, you give Reb the watch and a pair of wire clippers. Wire clippers? You hear that, Sheriff? I sure did. I'll have this watch case open in a minute. Oh, I told Reb not to trust nobody. Reckon Carp wouldn't even trade here if he had cash. Couldn't give Reb no money. Oh, no, but when he come back yesterday, he had a new bridle for his horse. Reckon he had to pay cash for that someplace. You're reckoning wrong, Mrs. Miller. He got that bridle the same way he got the watch and wire clippers. Yeah, that does it. Here's the number, Jace. H four two seven nine nine one. H four two seven nine. That's it, all right. Pops our boy. Where is he? Well, he's out in the hills, I reckon. He saddled up and rode off after he brought our car back yesterday. He had your car all Saturday night, Sheriff. You know, Reb. He'll lend anything to anybody. That's why we ain't got nothing ourselves. Carp never even paid him for the gas he used up. Then he had the nerve to borrow his shirt and jeans while he used my tub to scrub out his old clothes. And water scarce as it is. <laughs> Don't need two guesses what he was scrubbing for, Sheriff. You can say that again. Come on, Sheriff. Let's get the horses and move. Well, look here. Don't you want to know what he looks like? Thanks, ma'am. But that's something we already know. rough going through the Badlands, and the territory we had to cover was big. We met prospectors here and there, but not carp. At the end of our second day, the trail led to rocky ground, thinning out in spots and disappearing in others. We kept going until the sun dipped under the rim and darkness came fast. Oh, I can't see anything, Jace. If the tracks were heavier, we could keep going, but the ground's too hard. Can't pick up marks like that by flashlight. I know. Better find a campsite and rustle some grub. You can do the eating. All I want is a place to rest my bones. We'll find a spot when we get on level ground. Up, Charlie. Come on. Come on, boy. Sheriff. Yeah? It's like somebody solved our camp problem for us. Over there at the right. Sparks. Fire behind those rocks. Circle around. Cart, maybe. Could be. It's a cinch at somebody. 
Let's ride for it. Up for it. Come on, Chuck. Come on, come on. Now. You see the fire now, Jace. Man getting up. He can't see us yet. Here's us coming. Looks like a big fella. Harp is big. Mrs. Rogers said about 6'3". His horse is there, Jace. He's moving over toward it. He'll be able to see us in a minute. Drift away from me. Leave a little distance between us. All right. Get over, boy. That's good. Seems to be waiting. Yeah. Don't go all the way in mounted. Pull up and we'll walk to him. Whoa, whoa, oh, Chuck. Oh, whoa, boy. Oh. All right. Keep the same distance. Yeah. Who's that out there? We're looking for somebody. Who? I'll tell you in a minute. Keep your eyes open, Sheriff. Maybe you better tell me now. A fellow named Carp. Is that you? What do you want to see Carp about? It's kind of a personal matter. Unless you're Carp. He got behind his horse, Jason. You stay right where you are. Hold it, Sheriff. Oh, oh, Charlie. Oh, boy. Pull the rifle from his saddle holster. You fellas better get mounted and ride off. I don't like anybody sneaking around me at night. And I don't like getting mounted and riding away from a fire. Makes my back too good a target. See you? You look like a Texas Ranger. You got good eyes. And I'm a sheriff, Carp. So don't try anything funny. Put that rifle down and let's have a talk. What do you want? What do you want to see me about? I want to invite you to a square dance. You... Hit the dirt, Sheriff. He dropped down. Go behind the fire, Jason. Can't see him. Can't see us either. Must be close behind that fire. Shoot into it. Chip sparks off that heavy log that's burning. Might be able to shower him with a big hot foot. All right. Say when. Let go. That did it, Jason's up. Drop your gun, Carp. I'll kill you. You hit him, Jason. There he is. And there's his gun on the ground. Gun stock split. That's what I hit, not him. Shock knocked him out. Yeah. Just the same. He's out cold. And while he's laying here, I might just as well get these cuffs on his head. Look out, Sheriff! Oh, Shut your heart up! Drop that knife! Let it go! Oh, my arm! Thank you, Jace. He almost planted that in my ribs. Yeah, it's something he won't try again. Come on, Carp. Get up. Save your story for the jury, Carp. Maybe you can tell them how to be a big hit at a square dance. Come on, get moving. Randolph Carp was tried and convicted for the murder of rancher Mort Rogers. The final piece of evidence against Carp was a bloody fingerprint on the steering column of the car he had borrowed from storekeeper Reb Miller. It was Carp's right thumbprint, and the blood specimen matched the type of the slain man. Carp was sentenced to Huntsville Penitentiary for a term of 99 years. Here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. A famous Texas ranger was once asked what he considered the most important quality in a ranger. Well, he pondered, I liken a good ranger to that broad-brimmed hat of mine hanging over there on that old steer horn. It's made of some sort of fabric that holds up, that takes the toughest handling I've ever seen. 
Must be in the character of the material, I guess, because as old as that hat is, it's never showed a sign of going to pieces. I never did like hats or men that'll come unglued. Good night, folks. See you next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Lou Krugman, Betty Moran, Harley Bear, Byron Kane, Joe Forte, and Jeanette Nolan. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keats. Hal Gibney speaking. and Shirley Booth and Theater Guild next on NBC. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joe McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight transcribed from Hollywood another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Joyride. It is 9.40 p.m. December 3rd, 1946. The small town of Purdy, Texas, is quiet and ready for sleep as a car turns off the state highway and into the main street. At the wheel of the car is a pimply-faced youth. Beside him, a young girl. That car still behind us? No, it kept right on the highway. What are you so jumpy about? The way he was tagging us, I thought it might be the highway patrol. You are getting chicken, ain't you, Chuck? I ain't fixing to go back to no reform school, that's all. Oh, stop worrying. This car ain't even reported stolen yet. You saw the owner go into the movie, didn't you? Okay, Ruby, okay. Fine joyride. Thought we was going to have fun. Ain't got anything to drink. I ain't got any money. Didn't have no car either when we started. Ain't like you used to be, Chuck. We used to have lots of fun. Till you turn yellow. Don't you go calling me that. I, I ain't got a gun, that's all. I got one, Chuck, right here in my purse. Where'd you get it? I lifted it from my old man. What difference does it make where I got it, long as I got it? 
the liquor store up ahead, Chuck. See a sign? I see it. Can hardly have a door. I'd have something to drink. It's late. They roll up the sidewalks in a town like this. The place must be closed. If it was closed, sign wouldn't be late. Gonna stop, or ain't you? Sure, I'm gonna stop. See? Storekeeper's still there. Can see him through the window. Counting up money from his cash register. Could have a real party with something to drink and some money. Stay here. Keep the motor running. Give me the gun. No, I'm gonna come in with you. I can handle the gun. You crazy? Suppose he's got a gun, too. Look, he's an old man. He wouldn't dare do nothing. Come on, Chuck. We can't just sit here. You better not get rattled. Look who's talking. You're coming, or ain't you? All right, I'm coming. But be careful. I always wanted to do something like that. Shut up. Oh, howdy. 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 Well, we're just fixing to close. Heard your car pull up outside. I thought it was my old lady coming to get me. Uh, what can I do for you? I'd like a fifth of that bonded bourbon. Oh, you would, eh? How old are you, son? Twenty-one. Nineteen would be closer, wouldn't it? Maybe a year less than that for your lady friend here. I said I was twenty-one. All right, boy. We'll say you're twenty-one. And we'll also say that I'm closed for the night. Now you can just run along. We ain't running any place, mister. Now you just get... What? Where'd you get that gun? I made it out of old bottle top, stupid. He told you what we want. It's on the top shelf. Get up on the stool and get it. All right. Just don't... Don't get nervous with that thing. Get the money out of the register, Chuck. Yeah, the money. You ain't going to be happy about this. When you see the inside of a jail. Thanks for telling us. Because here's something you ain't going to be happy about. Rudy! Rudy, you killed him! I know, Chuck, I know. Come on, come on, we got to get out of here. No, what the hell we come for? Grab a couple of bottles. Rudy, are you crazy? <laughs> You're afraid, ain't you, Chuck? Get the bottles. All right, all right. <laughs> now, let's go, let's go. Come on. The body of Malcolm Barnes, proprietor of the liquor store, was discovered by his wife less than five minutes after the killing. Sheriff Frank Corcoran was summoned. He immediately phoned for the help of a Texas Ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned, arriving at the scene of the crime at 1 a.m. Coming through, folks. Howdy, Frank. Oh, howdy, Jace. Was hoping they'd send you. Here's a body. He's the owner of the store? Yeah, Mountain Bonds. Wife found him just like he is at about 10 or 10. Usually closed just before 10. She'd always come pick him up in their car. Doc figured it couldn't have happened more than just a few minutes before she got here. Where's the doc? Drove over to see about the funeral parlor. Party will be taken there for autopsy when we finish. I've had everything photographed. Cash register's been rifled. Uh-huh. Hmm. Shot through the back three times. So watch out for that broken glass. Yeah, I'm watching. Place sure smells with all the bottles smashed. Alcohol dries up fast. Yeah, left big stain rings, though. Puddled right out to here before it dried out. 
Any of your deputies or anybody pick up any of those bottles that are cracked or broken? No, I got here right after Mrs. Barnes. Nobody's touched a thing. Why? Well, floor is spotted past those stain marks. Look toward the door, a string of small spots. Hmm. Like something been carried that way, dripping. Jace, I was careful to see that nothing was touched, that nobody stepped in where the liquor had been spilled. Those spots might be a break for us, then, because somebody carried a bottle out of here. It must have been cracked and leaking. You mean the killer might have grabbed it up? That's right. If it marked this floor, it'd mark the walk outside, too. Come on, let's take a look. Spots run right to the door, all right. Lucky I told the deputies to keep everybody off the side of the place. Yeah, careful where you step. I want to run a flashlight along the sidewalk here. It's been mighty dry around here, Jace. Dust surface on the ground. That'll help us. Yeah. It's here, all right. Look, mm. little craters in the dust, dried out hollow. Yeah. They only go a few feet. Marks end right here at the curb. Well, that tells us something. Whoever was carrying that bottle got into a car. They weren't on foot. Tire tracks aren't going to help us. Mess of them all around from cars driving in and out. Yeah, I wish our killer had been on foot, Frank. Why? That'd point to somebody who came from close by. Somebody in the town. Car doesn't rule that out. No, but it sure broadens the field. I'm going to call Austin and have a lab crew sent in. If we're lucky, they might lift a fingerprint or something for us to work on. That's a good idea. Phone in the store. Over there. Uh-huh. You got anything in mind for us while we're waiting? Yeah. After I call Austin, I want to check with local officers in every town around here. I'm pretty sure the killer took liquor, and if he took it, he's going to drink it. We'll check on every case of drunk driving that turns up tonight in this county. Lights burned in the liquor store all through the night as the lab crew checked. Meanwhile, the sheriff and I covered more than 200 miles by car, investigating drunk driving cases reported by local constables and highway patrolmen. The sun's coming up, Jason. We sure spent the night running into blind alleys. None of those drivers we saw could have been anywhere near Purdy at the time of the killing. Well, alibis all checked out. Maybe the lab crew will have a lead for us when we get back to the liquor store. Didn't you get some kind of report on the shortwave before while I was dozing? I kind of remember you talking. Yeah. In order to phone headquarters for a ballistic report, Barnes was killed by a 38 police special. Well, that's our first lead. We need more than that before we ATXA can... ATXA to Unit 10. Yeah, that's it. ATXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead. Highway Patrol Unit 109 requests Unit 10 to proceed to junction of Ranch Road 23 and State Highway 19 west of Bartonville to examine stolen car recovered at that point. 10-4. Does Unit 109 think stolen vehicle may have connection with this unit's current investigation of murder? Unit 109 reports liquor bottles found in abandoned vehicle. 10-4. Unit 10 heading for rendezvous with 109 immediately. We'll keep you informed. 10-4. Unit 10, clear. KDXA, Hold tight, Frank. Got to swing around. Let's hope this is a break. Better be. We need one. Highway Patrol Unit 109 was Tommy Manuelo's unit. We spotted his car, and he flagged us down near the junction of the ranch road. The stolen car he'd located was parked off the road in a small grove of trees. I found it just before sunup, Chase. I was making the turn off, my headlights reflected on the chrome. Just barely saw it. Then when I checked the license number, it was on my hot car sheet. Number came over by shortwave last night. Now, what time last night this car was reported stolen? I got the flash a little after 11 o'clock. 
Barnes was killed before 10. I know, but this car could have been missing from 8 o'clock on. Owner went to a picture show about that. Car was gone when it came out. Where was the car taken from, Tommy? Bartonville. Only four miles from here on the state. About 60 miles from here to Purdy, Jason. Yeah, but if the car was taken at 8 o'clock or a little after, the thief had plenty of time to drive to Purdy before 10 o'clock. KTXA said you found some liquor bottles in the car, Tommy. Yeah, that's right. I'll show you. Mm. Hey, huh? Empty fifth on the floor in the front seat, and there's one half empty there in the back. I'll open the back door. Hmm. Huh. Government tax seal on that bottle isn't even broken. No. I didn't notice, eh? Well, I could have empty half of it without breaking the seal and pulling the cork. The bottle must be cracked. Stain around it on the floor, mat where it's been leaking. Just what we've been looking for, Jason. Yeah. Pick the bottle up, Frank. Don't touch the glass. Lift it with your fingers pinched around the tax stamp. Right. Drip's all right. Chip out of the bottom. Wonder why it didn't all empty out. Well, would have the bottle been standing up instead of lying flat. It emptied down until the liquor was even with the place the bottle was cracked. Then it couldn't run anymore until you picked it up. Might get some prints off it or maybe the empty bottle in the front seat. We can try. It's a cinch we're not going to get any from the steering wheel. No, I, I noticed that right away. Uh, not with a cloth cover on the wheel. Might get something from the dashboard or the inner door handles, but well, I don't know. Not often you pick up good prints on a car. <laughs> There's a piece of cleansing tissue on the floor there. Here. Looks like lipstick stain on it. That's what it is. Another little thing on the floor mat here. Ah, gold bother tint. Yeah. Lipstick is kind of a light shade. Could have been a woman in this too, Jason. Hmm. Probably a blonde. Of course, that bobby pin in a tissue might have come from the owner's wife or his girl. Oh, I doubt that, sir. I'll come, Tommy. Well, owner of the car is a colored man, Jay. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. In a short while, Theater Guild on the Air brings to radio listeners a delightful adaptation of Ring Lardner's famous comedy of the baseball world, Elmer the Great. Starring in the title role will be Hollywood favorite Paul Douglas as a pitcher whose skill on the baseball diamond is exceeded only by his good nature and ability to attract trouble. That's later today for Elmer the Great, starring Paul Douglas, presented by Theater Guild on the Air. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and tonight's case, Joyride, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. I put out a call for the lab crew to meet us at the stolen car when they finished checking the liquor store at Purdy. They joined us within two hours. Nothing had been found at the store that would help us, and it didn't take long to realize that we weren't going to get any evidence from the car or the bottles either. Doesn't look like they're going to find anything, Jason. Yeah, they don't. Won't be their fault. No point in our hanging around here. Want to drive back to Purdy now? I think we'd do better if we drove into Bartonville. Because the car? It was stolen from Bartonville, then brought back here to a spot only four miles away from where it was taken. Figures that whoever stole it must live nearby, or the car would have been left someplace else. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Let's try, Bartonville. Good. We're going to leave you, fellas. If you find anything, let us know by short wave. Right. Go along. Go along. Right. You going to try to run down that lipstick and bobby pin? Gave Tommy Manuelo the tissue with the lipstick smear. It's been sent through to Austin. They've established the lipstick brand by chemical analysis. 
They'll also check on the manufacturer of the bobby pin. Think it'll take long to get a report? No, not long. Tommy may have it by the time we get into town. He'll be at the courthouse. You got a plan mapped out? Yeah, won't be too many places handling lipstick and bobby pins. We get the brand names, Tommy and I can check the stores and see if sales girls remember any women who use that shade of lipstick or the pins. <laughs> what do I do? Check into the hotel and get some sleep? <laughs> no. We got one more thing to look for. The gun that killed Barnes. Check with a constable and get a list of anybody he knows who might own a thirty-eight police special. Yeah, that might uncover something. May have some records of people who've had guns like that being picked up on minor charges in the past. It's worth checking. We match the bullet that killed Barnes, and we can make some work for a 12-man jury. Tommy Manuelo had the information on the lipstick and bobby pin examined by the Austin lab. We started the check of drugstores and general merchandise outlets that carried the items. We couldn't get any concrete information from sales girls or clerks. Well, another drugstore on the next corner, Jase. Oh. You know... Some of these sales clerks don't seem to have very long memories. You can't blame them. Things we're tracing are both cheap items. Girl on her feet all day gets so she can't remember much except bunions. <laughs> I guess you're right. Well, I sure hope the sheriff is doing better than we are. I hope so, too. Hey, Jay! Tommy! Wait up! Hold it, Tommy. Here comes Frank now. Yeah. I've been tracking you for 20 minutes. You finished checking already? Yeah. I come across something I think we are looking to right away, Jace. There's a fellow named Jim Hammer filed a report with a constable last night, just before midnight. Said a gun had been stolen from his house, 38 police special. Hey, isn't that what Bonds was killed with, Jim? Yeah. Get any information on this Jim Hammer? Yeah, sure did. He's night watchman around the cattle pens over to the auction barn. He told the constable he'd missed a gun when he was getting ready to go to work last night. Couldn't find it in the drawer. He keeps it in. You get Hammer's address? Yeah. 214 North Spruce. Tommy, you keep checking the stores. We'll meet you at the courthouse later. Right, Jay. All right, Frank, I left my car on Main Street. Let's go. Yeah? I'd like to talk to Jim Hammer. He ain't home. You know where we can find him? Over to the auction barn, maybe. I thought he was the night watchman over there. Yeah, he goes there during the day sometimes when there's a sale. There was auction this afternoon. You look kind of young. You're not his wife, are you? No, I'm his daughter. Ruby Hammond. It's after five o'clock, Jase. Auction probably be over by now. Yeah. You expect your father to come home to eat? No, he'll probably spend some time chin around the barn. And maybe get himself some grub in town and go right to work. I see. I guess we might as well go over to the auction barn, Frank. Could you want to see my father about... Is it something about some stolen cattle or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Thanks, miss. Bye. Bye, Ruby. Bye. You missed my father. I'll tell him you were here. Thanks. Where's the auction barn? West end of town. Jim Hammer wasn't hard to find. He was pointed out to us talking to cattlemen who'd bought stock at the auction and were waiting for a chance to load their purchases on their trucks at the end of a chute. We called him off to the side. Well, Sheriff Ranger, what can I do for you? Constable says you had a gun stolen from your home last night. Oh, that gun wasn't stolen at all. Huh? Reckon I just didn't look sharp enough last night. 
found it this afternoon, but in a different drawer from where I usually keep it. Is that the gun you're carrying right there in your holster? Yeah. You mean to say you just took a look in one drawer last night before coming to work and reported that gun stolen without being sure? Well, I was sure last night. I reckon I just overlooked it, that's all. It's pretty hard to overlook a thirty-eight police special. You couldn't have looked very hard. Well, I all but emptied the bureau out. I was in a hurry to get to work. I guess I just plain missed it, that's all. Ain't no reason for you to jump on a man. You reported to the constable when you thought the gun was missing. Now, how come you didn't let him know you'd found it? Well, I suppose I should have. I didn't think it was no rush. Besides, what's the harm? It's my gun, ain't it? Let's have it. Well, sure, I... Don't you pull it. Just turn around. I'll take it myself. Hey, what... You said turn around. Okay, okay. When did you fire this gun last, Hammer? I can't even remember the last time. Ain't had no call to fire it. Haven't, huh? Smell this, Frank. Yeah, it's been used all right not long ago. You're crazy, I tell you. I ain't fired that gun in months. Somebody has. You better come with us. Come where with you? To the courthouse, Hammer, until we check on a few things. Check on what? A liquor store owner named Barnes was killed last night in Purdy. Shot three times through the back by a thirty-eight police special. Are you trying to frame me for something? I was nowhere near Purdy last night. We know you filed a report with the constable around midnight, Hammer. But where were you between 9 and 11 o'clock last night? I was home, sleeping. My daughter can tell you that. I... My... Well, go ahead, Hammer. What are you stopping for? My, my daughter wasn't home. I just remember she, she went out about 7 o'clock. And nobody saw you during those hours, huh? No, nobody. But I was home, I tell you. You've you got to believe me. That gun ain't been fired. If we're wrong, you've got nothing to worry about. Come on. Yeah, have to get that gun to your lab, Jace. Regular flight to Austin goes out in about 45 minutes. Good. Boys in ballistics can test fire it and check the slug with the ones taken out of Barnes. If this is the murder weapon, they'll tell us. I tell you, it can't be. Our lab doesn't make any mistakes, Hammer. If you're telling the truth, there's a little test you can volunteer to take. We have a lab crew working nearby right now. I'll give you a diphenylman test. What's that? Just a matter of pouring a chemically treated wax on your hand. When they peel it off, it'll show traces of nitrate if you fired a gun recently. Uh, I haven't, I tell you. I heard you. Now I'd like to hear it from a lab man, just to be sure. We got the gun on the night plane to Austin. The stolen car had been brought into a garage in town. We waited for the lab crew to finish with it and then had one of the men go to work on Hammer's hand. By 10 p.m., we had the answers. Two answers that didn't fit each other. What are you keeping me here for, Ranger? You heard what the lab man said. My hands are clean. Wasn't no nitrate on them. That doesn't settle everything, Hammer. While he had you in the next room going over your hands, I had a phone report from Austin on your gun. You'd better talk up, Hammer. Your gun's been identified as a murder weapon. That's a lie! You weren't in bed at 10 o'clock last night. You weren't Purdy driving a stolen car and there was a woman with you. That ain't so, I tell you. You run around with any blonde women? The only blonde woman I ever run around with was my wife. She died six years ago. That gun was missing from my house last night. Somebody must have taken it, then put it back again. Oh, sure. My hands was clean, wasn't they? Howdy, Jay. Sure. Oh, Tommy, I almost forgot about you. Did you find anything, Tommy? I think so. His private dime store was closed when I got to it, but I got the address of the woman who works the cosmetic counter. Went out to see her. They handle the lipstick and pins we've been checking on. She gave me the names of a few women that she remembers who buy both. Here's list. We'll read off the name of Jace. Maybe if Hammer's girlfriend is listed, he'll admit he knows her. Well, there's one name on here he'll admit to knowing, all right. That's what you think. That's what I know. It's your daughter, Ruby Hammer. The sheriff and I drove Hammer back to his house, but Ruby wasn't there. We waited around, looking through the house. 
First she tried to pin it on to me, and now it's my daughter. Are you crazy? She's only 18 years old. Was she with you last night? No. She was out on a date. With who? Well, how should I know? All I know is she wouldn't get into no trouble like this. I've heard that same speech in a hundred courtrooms, Hammer. Chase, come here a minute. Yeah? What is it? Girl's coat in this closet. Smell. Hmm. You keep any liquor in the house, Hammer? No, never. There's something else, Chase. Photograph. Yeah. Hammer's daughter and some boy. Well, let me see that again. I know this kid, the boy. I sent him to reform school three years ago. His name's Chuck Allenby. What was the charge against him? Something that fits this case like a glove. Automobile theft. And my daughter wouldn't go out with nobody like that. Of course not, Hammer. She's just got a habit of posing for pictures with people she wouldn't go out with. I'm going to get my car out of sight, Frank, and we'll sit down and wait for Ruby's date to bring her home. <laughs> After midnight. I think you're at work, Hammer. I may come in, so keep quiet. Hear me? You hear me? Yeah. I hear you. They're coming. Yeah, quiet. I have to come into the hall. They won't see us in the living room with the lights off. I can't see nothing. We're switch on the light. You ain't staying long enough to need the lights. Not all you have to stay. Now, what's the matter with you? What's the good of having money if you ain't going to spend any of it? Spend it? Got a job. I start spending money and people are going to wonder where I got it. All right. If I go and wait and don't expect me to wait, I can go out to somebody else, you know, somebody who's got a car every night. Or who ain't afraid to get. Ruby! Ruby, shut up! Don't move anybody. That means you, Chuck. Let go of that door. What are they doing here, Pop? Stay after him. Let's see. You stay out of this, Hammer. Couldn't stay out of trouble, could you, Chuck? I didn't do nothing, Sheriff. Sure. Let me go. Hold still. What a roll of bills you had in your pocket, boy. I, I found that money. Where? In the cash register over in Purdy, after you killed an old man? So that's why you wanted my father's gun. What? What are you... Kill him, Ruby. If he had my gun, you'd kill him. Last night, he wanted to borrow it just for fun, he said. And then he stole a car and made me go with him over to Purdy. He let me park someplace and walked away. And then after a while, he come back with some whiskey. I didn't drink none of it. But he did. Why? You keep quiet. You say he didn't park near the store? No. He walked from where he left me. I don't even know what he done. You're lying, Ruby. When the old man was killed, whoever gunned him ran out of the store with a dripping bottle and got into a car not more than ten feet from the entrance. I didn't shoot him. She did. He's lying. Ruby's only a little girl. You can prove he's lying. Give him the same test you give me on his hands. What kind of test? Well, they pour wax on your hands. It can tell if you fired a gun. <laughs> Ruby, come back here. Hold still, Chuck. Get away from that stove, Ruby. No, Ruby, don't. Come away from there. Oh, Ruby. Ruby, why'd you do it, Ruby? What'd you do it for? Better save that hammer. You got any butter, get it fast. Yeah. I won't try nothing. What you do, Jason? Ran into the kitchen here and pulled the lid off the cook stove and jammed her hand into the hot coal. Here's the butter, Ray. Here's the butter. Thanks. Oh, Ruby. I can fix that burn a little with this, Ruby. Doc can fix it for you better later on at the jail. Chuck Allenby and Ruby Hammer were found guilty of the murder of storekeeper Barnes. 
Allenby, who turned state's witness, was sentenced to a 30-year term at Huntsville. Ruby Hammer pulled 50 years in a women's prison at Gory. And now, here again, is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Folks, tonight marks the concluding performance, for a while at least, of Tales of the Texas Rangers. We've really enjoyed bringing these stories to you and hope that someday we'll be back with you again. To NBC and its affiliated stations, to Colonel Homer Garrison, Jr., Chief of the Texas Rangers, to Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez, our technical advisor, and to all the Texas Rangers and members of the Department of Public Safety, our grateful thanks. And we're particularly grateful to those of you who've taken the time to send us your cards and letters. After all, they are the only sure way of telling that you liked our show. Thanks, folks. Thanks a lot. Good night. You have just heard Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae will soon be seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. Tonight's case included Tony Barrett, Sam Edwards, Peggy Weber, John Frank, Barney Phillips, and Bill Johnstone. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking.